Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect people and the knowledge of the truth that conforms to godliness, based on the hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. At the proper time he revealed this in his word, in the preaching that was entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior, to Titus, my true child in our common faith. Grace and peace from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete was so that you would set in order the things that were left unfinished and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Such a man is to be blameless, the husband of only one wife, and to have believing children who are not open to a charge of wild living or disobedience. Indeed, an overseer, since he is God's steward, must be blameless, not arrogant, not quick-tempered, not a drunkard, not violent, not eager for dishonest gain. Instead, he must be hospitable, loving what is good, self-controlled, upright, devout, and disciplined. He must cling to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he will be able both to encourage people by the sound teaching and also to correct those who oppose him. For there are many who are rebellious, whose words are empty, and who deceive, especially those of the circumcision party. The mouths of these people must be stopped, because they are ruining whole households by teaching what they should not teach, for the sake of dishonest gain. One of their own prophets said, Cretans are always liars, vicious beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. For this reason, correct them sharply, so that they may be sound in the faith, not paying attention to Jewish myths or the commands of people who turn their backs on the truth. All things are pure to those who are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are defiled and do not believe. Rather, both their minds and consciences are defiled. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit to do anything good. This is the word of our God. The book of Titus is the second of the three pastoral epistles, as we call them, the pastoral epistles being first and second Timothy and the book of Titus. Titus had been a traveling companion of Paul and had worked with Paul a quite a bit um, in relation to Corinth and the church there at Corinth. We hear how Titus had made the trip to Corinth a couple of times and had worked with the Corinthians to try to straighten out some of the problems that had been going on there. And now um, Paul writes to Titus, and Titus is there on the island of Crete. Um, That's the island where Paul had started his first missionary journey as well. And Titus is this Gentile man who has uh, become a convert to the Christian faith. And there at Crete, he has to really organize the, the entire island and the churches and congregations on the island. And his task is similar to that of Timothy, who has been left at Ephesus to carry on his work there. And Timothy had to deal with and and work against a, that Gnostic heresy that we had talked about over the last, I don't know, five or six days or so. And here at, here at Crete, 
Titus is dealing with a similar sense of Gnosticism, but this has a very Jewish flair to it, a very Jewish understanding, um, and not in like the the proper biblical sense, but rather in the Pharisaic sense that says, if you want to really be a Christian, then these are the things that you must do, and these are the attitudes that you must have, and that knowledge of how to be a Christian, according to the Jewish law, is something that we possess, and you can also... You can also participate in that knowledge if you do the same things that we tell you to do, such as circumcision or um, avoiding particular foods or avoiding particular clothing or holding to some elements and aspects of the Mosaic law. So that's kind of the background. Um, Titus is working there at Crete, and whereas Timothy, Timothy's responsibility there at Ephesus was to reorganize and retain the sort of order in the churches, to restore some order in the established churches. Titus is supposed to um, really create some order among these churches. And Paul makes a good point when he quotes one of the Cretan Cretan poets. He says that these people are stiff-necked and they, they are very stubborn, is basically what he's saying. And so here at the beginning of the letter, Paul didn't or hadn't seen these people at Crete for probably you know, 15 years, um, maybe 20 years. And so it's substan- substantially a different congregation in every way than his one initial visit through the island. We don't hear of him ever going back to Crete um, aside from that very first missionary journey. And so when he writes to Titus, he writes with this extended introduction um, that is only rivaled, I suppose, by the extended introduction of the book of Romans, where, again, he was writing to a church um, that he did not personally know. And so with this extended introduction, Paul really emphasizes his apostolic ministry. Um, He dwells on the nature and the functions of the apostle and his place in the eternal, eternal will of God, our Savior, who had these prophecies that he revealed throughout Old Testament history. And now Paul kind of participates in that, that saving work of our God, our Savior, as he proclaims the truth about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And um, that's kind of verses one through four, if you're following along here. Um, He says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Christ Jesus. And then he talks about all the, talks about his place in salvation history for the, and his purpose as as an apostle for the faith of God's elect people and for the knowledge of the truth that conforms to godliness. And there's that element um, already here in verse 1 that we had seen quite a few times back in 1 Timothy. The, the true godliness is in line with true scripture, that godliness is not found apart from scripture, and that these other teachers who want to assert their false teaching, they don't actually have godliness if they have deserted the scripture. And so Paul, serving as an apostle, has two specific purposes. He serves as an apostle for the faith of God's elect and for the knowledge of the truth. And this truth um, that conforms to godliness is based on the hope of eternal life, which God, again, who cannot lie, promised before time began. You notice that he's already laying down the truth that God has spoken in his word and that God must be telling the truth there because it's the exact same issue that we saw back in 1 Timothy and it's the same thing that Titus is dealing with here. 
that if somebody wants to assert they have some knowledge or some secret hidden understanding, or they want to say, um, as Gnosticism says at its most basic form, they want to say that my emotion and my desire is of greater worth and value, and it's more true than anything outside of me. That's the assertion of Gnosticism, that what my heart and my desires say are true, and therefore they are good and must be followed. And Paul says, well, he is serving, he is a servant of God, an apostle of Christ Jesus, for the knowledge of the truth. And that truth conforms to godliness. And, oh, by the way, God who cannot lie promised this before time began. And We'll see when we get to the very close of the book at the end of chapter 3 that it sounds like this letter was also intended to be read to the congregation um, because Paul had said and included greetings to them all. And so when a lot of the historical background we have on the book of Titus is enclosed here in, in the book itself, we don't have a whole lot of detail about Titus aside from those mentions in mostly in 2 Corinthians but he seems to have been a traveling companion of Paul. Um, and Timothy had been circumcised, but Titus was not, even though they both were Gentile. And Timothy was um, had a Jewish, Jewish mother, I believe, and a Gentile father. And Titus there uh, left behind at Crete for the purpose of setting things in order, the things that were left unfinished. And the primary, primary charge, primary responsibility, to point to appoint elders in every city, exactly as Paul had said, and that's that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where the the first line of pastoral and congregational work is to be found: an elder in every city, um, somebody who will watch out for the spiritual needs of the people on a daily and on a weekly basis, in particular, because you can serve people when you see them. But if they aren't coming to the, to the church or gathering for the worship service, if they aren't participating in some form, then you can't serve them. And Paul says, well, you need to appoint somebody who is of good character. We have this, um, this listing of character traits, verses 6 and 7 and 8. Um, blameless, the husband of only one wife, not arrogant, not quick-tempered, and, and so on. But then verse 9, he must cling to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can correct those who oppose him as well as encourage the people by sound teaching. So there's kind of three parts there in verse 9. And it's, it's worth, worth thinking about just a moment that the elder and the overseer each cling to the trustworthy message for the purpose of encouraging people by the truth and also um, speaking against those who would distort that truth that in order, that's what we call confessional formula. We say, this is what we believe, and this is what we don't believe. Um, as we have laid out, like in the book of Concord, or our other statements of faith, this is what we believe, and this is what we deny. And finally, Paul concludes this chapter by recognizing and reiterating that there are many who are, re who are rebellious, whose words are empty, many who deceive, and their purpose is for the sake of dishonest gain. And Paul says, well, pay no attention to that. Correct them sharply, because they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. And so as you go about your day, what do we learn from the first chapter of Titus? We've got the truth of God's word. 
that God, who is a God of order and not a God of disorder, he has given us this truth for the purpose of encouraging us in the faith, as well as maintaining that faith by refuting those who teach improperly. And this truth, that this Jesus Christ came in the flesh for you. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless your day.